0: I felt obviously that she didn't like me. That was basically what happened. I was like, okay, Shelly Craft doesn't like me. So now I'm doomed. <laughs> welcome to the podcast for your inner hype, girl, where confidence and knowing who we are is our game. I am your host and ultimate cheer girl, Shay Payne. Hi, girls, and welcome back. <laughs> this is season two of the podcast. You'll notice that season one was short and sweet. (laughs) And you'll also notice a bit of a rebrand with this season. If you've been following along on my socials, you'll know that I'm really focused on talking to girls about their inner hype girl and their hype girl mindset. And so I really wanted this season to focus on that. Uh, 2020 was a challenging year and COVID certainly made the year, uh, I guess, slow down a little bit for me, but also helped me to just stop and regroup and work out what really feels right. Um, and I really wanted to bring some clarity around, you know, what it is that I want to present and how I want to help girls change their lives. And so, you know, I sat down and I really tried to nut out exactly what it was that I've been through that has helped me to go from, you know, low self esteem, lots of anxiety, low mood states, all of those kinds of things to actually having some confidence, um, loving my body and who I am, and just really understanding who I am and being um, grounded in that. And so I wanted to give a framework to that. And so that enters the Inner Hype Girl, uh, which if you follow me on socials, you'll have seen me talking about that and how Focusing on our inner hype girl can actually build our confidence, boost our confidence, help us to have more of a gratitude mindset and actually love who we are. And I'm going to nut out the hype girl concept and how focusing on the elements of that can help us to build a really strong inner hype girl game. I talk about confidence a lot. You'll notice that on my social handle, I talk about being a confidence coach and, you know, really that's what I want to bring to this space and to my socials and to anything that I release throughout the year is uh, giving women a space where they can build confidence. And this can be at any point in your life because, you know, I got to my 30s, early 30s, and was still really not confident in who I am, and just really quite lost, actually. And I popped out a question box on my social media recently and ask people to make an assumption about me. And one of the things that came up was that I'm super confident, I'm chilled, and I'm bubbly all the time. And of course, when I'm talking on a podcast, it probably does sound a little bit like that. And the same on my socials. But I do feel like I try and share um, that realness of you know both sides of those things. But also, um, I wonder, do people think, oh, she just has always been like that? Or did I just one day wake up and I felt like this? <laughs> because that's not how it worked. And so, you know, I get a lot of women ask me, okay, well, but what can I do to be more confident? Like, what what are the tools? Like, what did you do? What is the process? Um, and so I just wanted to address some of those misconceptions, firstly, that I'm super confident and really self-assured and all those sorts of things. And and yeah, I am. Look, I, I am totally A hundred times more self confident than I was, say, three or four years ago. Um, You know, I was very broken, very lost, very unsure of myself, um, and didn't know. I guess what path I was following in life I felt very scattered I felt very angry and frustrated my hormones were all over the place um and also I felt like I just wasn't valued by anybody um I felt like I didn't have a lot of friends um and I didn't know what to do about that and of course the whole time you know, I'm making it about me. I'm like, okay, it's me. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. I'm not fun. I'm not, you know, smart enough, cool enough, pretty enough, all of the things to, I guess, have great friendship groups and to feel good about what I'm doing and to understand who I am and those sorts of things. And so I don't think I'm unique in this way. I feel like most of us girls, you know, we spend a lot of time, Um, you know, not wanting to stand out for the wrong reasons, but wanting to bring something to this life that others see value in. So, you know, we don't want to stand out on the one hand, but we also want to do something that matters. And so, uh, you know, if you've listened to season one of the podcast, which was two episodes, two fabulous episodes, the first one, I shared a lot more about my life in that episode and about, um, you know, my upbringing and my lack of confidence and things like that. But now I've got it grounded in how I got from there to here, which I feel really excited to share with you. So I'll just touch on a couple of those things. You know, I grew grew up uh, a pretty confident, chatty kid. You know, I love to be center of attention as most kids do. Uh, And then I wondered, like, I was looking back on my life and I was thinking, well, what happened? Like, how do kids go from being confident, super chatty, like knowing who they are, doing what they want to do and not really caring what other people think about them, how do they go from that to then all they can think about is how can I fit in? What if that person doesn't like me? Why doesn't that person like me? You know, having all the things that help them to fit in. How do we get to that point? And so I think there's a turning point for everybody, but I was looking back on my life and trying to work out what it was. And I can actually remember that um, you know, in fifth grade I actually swapped schools. I swapped primary schools and you know, I had to make new friends. I had been with the same group of friends since preschool, and then all of a sudden I was thrust into a new arena, you know, new girls, new friendship groups to tackle and those sorts of things. And you know, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily overly nervous when I swapped schools, but I I also didn't know what I was in for because I'd never done it before. And so uh, I was in year five and I'd sort of made friends with two groups of girls. One of the groups was in my grade. So they were in year five and then the other group was in year six. Um, And I fluctuated between the two. And then one day I was in the bathroom or the girls' toilets at school. And uh, these girls that were in my year, there's a group of them, there was about five, I think. Um, they came and they spoke to me. <laughs> uh cornered me in the girls' toilets. Not in a bullying kind of way, but in a we've got an ultimatum for you kind of way. And they said, look, you either be friends with us now, or when those girls go off to high school next year and wear a new six, we won't be friends with you and you won't have any friends. <laughs> I know. So lovely, right? Um Look, I don't think these girls were trying to be nasty or any of those things. I think actually what they wanted was just some stability in their friendship group. And funnily enough, these girls went on to become my best friends and some of them my bridesmaids when I got married and things like that. So they're not nasty girls, but it was a turning point where I was like, okay, I've got to toe the line here. Like, this isn't what I want to do. I do want to be friends with both of these girls. And of course, when the other girls go off to high school, I'll obviously be spending more time with the girls that are in my year because the other ones won't be here, But I didn't get to make that choice because I had to decide now that, you know, I was going to be friends with these girls and these girls only and hang out with them only. And so I did that. I towed the line and it was one of those first moments in my life where I made a decision so that I would fit in. I didn't want to rock the boat so much that I would be on my own. I wasn't confident that, you know, these girls would be my friends anyway. And so I decided to make that decision where I was like, okay, I'm not going to hang out with them anymore, which is kind of sad because, you know, obviously I missed out on whatever those girls would have taught me, the ones that were in the year above. But, you know, the point of this is that, This is one of the first moments where I where I made that decision to to fit in and to not do exactly what I wanted to do, and it was fine. Like you know, obviously we had um, a great Year Six, and then we went on into high school and those sorts of things. And obviously, high school for a lot of people, that's where us as girls we learn a lot about who we are. We're going through puberty, friendship groups shift and change again. Uh, We're learning more about our bodies and who we are, and boys and all those sorts of things. And so. You know, I had that moment when I was in year five where I'd learned to fit in and then I go into high school and again, I'm trying to work out, how do I make that work? How do I fit in here, but also feel valued? Because I was never like the smartest, prettiest, most popular, like, you know, and and not, not that I think that those girls that we put on that pedestal in high school not that I think that they even feel confident in that position, I don't think any girl feels confident. I think we're always questioning like, how long is this going to last? Am I always going to be, you know, liked and valued by these people? Like we're just, we're always waiting, I think, for that thing to happen where it becomes unraveled and we're, you know, kicked out onto the curb or we're left alone or we have to eat in the library or whatever it is. And so I was thinking back to my high school experience, and I was like, okay, so what are the other things that maybe rocked my confidence, or made me make decisions so that I would fit in, or uh, maybe made me go against my values and things like that? And I can remember particular moments of my confidence being rocked, and all of them involved boys. Um, and I think that a lot of that was, you know, I was very short and small, and and those sorts of things, and. Um, I think I just wanted to feel like the guys liked me, but it just never, it never happened. It was always... You know, I was just the funny one, the the good friend, the tomboy, those kinds of things. And then when we went through that hormonal stage, it just became boys sort of picking on me and leaving me out, which was obviously felt really hard. Um, and I can remember a particular moment where um, some boys cornered me in the back of the stairwell in the main classroom building. Um, and I can't remember what they were saying, but they were obviously not saying nice things to me and stuff like that. And I'm trying to act like it's all good and that I'm confident and all of these sorts of stuff. And then the boys ran up the stairs because class was about to start. And one of the boys turned around and spat from the staircase above on me. And it wasn't like a little spit. It was like, he hocked up a golly and he spat it and it landed on my track pants. And I remember just looking at it and just thinking, Oh crap like I'm just that's that's what I am. I think I just felt really embarrassed. I think that was like the key I guess the key emotion that came out of that was like okay <laughs> how, how should I feel about this? Like I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. And then most of all, I felt like, okay, so this is because of me, like, as in, this is my fault that this has happened. It's something about who I am that causes people to do this. Um, you know, or in this case, causes those boys to do that. Um, and then you know there were other moments as well in high school, and another one, you know, the infamous spin the bottle at birthday parties. It will make and break your social status, that's for sure. Um, I went to a birthday party. It was a pool party, and we'd been out the back swimming, and we'd drunk all the creaming soda and sausage rolls and meat pies and all of those things. And we came inside, and someone found an empty creaming soda bottle, and decided there would be a good idea to play spin the bottle. We were like maybe fourteen maybe 15. Where were the parents? I do not know. But anyway, we sat around the lounge, girls on one side, guys on the other. And I remember sitting there thinking, are we doing this? Is everyone doing this? Is this what we do? Anyway, and I sat there. And then before we started, this boy called from the other side of the circle and he said, I'll play if she doesn't. And he pointed across the circle at me. I'm mortified now even to tell that story, you know, I'm obviously way more self-assured in who I am and I'm a 30 something year old woman, but it still feels really vulnerable to say that, to say that someone would reject you like that in front of all of your peers. It certainly rocked my confidence a hundred percent. It had a big impact on my confidence. And, you know, of course I acted like it was all cool and I didn't want to play anyway. (laughs) and some of the other girls said, yeah, I'm not going to play either. And you could tell it made some of the boys uncomfortable, but no one called him out on it. And look, I don't, I'm not here to play victim and blame the boy or anything like that. You know, I am definitely now going to raise boys that wouldn't do that. And I would be mortified if my boys did that. But the point is that, you know, we have these moments in our life that, they send us on, I guess, a trajectory. Well, we get the choice, but as a teenager, you, you don't really know that you've got the choice. You just know that something happened to you that made you feel really uncomfortable or really sad or really hurt. and And then you hold on to that. And what you want to do is not let that happen again, right? So you have something happen to you where you feel embarrassed or you feel sad and somebody did something or you put yourself in a position where something happened And you don't want to repeat that. So when I talk about my inner hype girl, I also talk about the nasty bitch. Okay. So the nasty bitch goes, okay, we learn a lesson here. We're not going to let that happen again. So if another moment came up, another birthday party, say a couple of months down the track where someone grabbed out a bottle and they were like, okay, let's play spin the bottle. My nasty bitch would be like, no, you're not playing spin the bottle. No chance of you playing spin the bottle. You're not good enough to play spin the bottle. The boys won't want to kiss you. You're going to be embarrassed. Do not play spin the bottle. <laughs> okay. So it's that voice that's like, it's trying to protect you, but basically it holds you back in case something goes wrong. You know, something might not go wrong. Maybe it's going to be fantastic and you'll kiss the most popular boy in the year. <laughs> but the nasty bitch, the voice in the head, the one that holds you back, she it wants to protect you. And so the inner hype girl is the opposite of that. She's the one that cheers you on. She's the one that goes, no, it's okay. It'll be fine. You know? And if anything bad happens, we'll be okay because our, you know, who we are and our confidence is not defined by how other people see us. But as a teenager, we don't have these tools and nobody teaches us this, okay? And this was my thing. Nobody taught me how to have a confident mindset. Like, where is that education in high school? You know, we're taught maths and English and history and PE and we're taught about our bodies and we learn about periods and we learn about condoms and all those sorts of things. But who teaches us how to be confident in our own head? Nobody. Nobody gives us that. And the one thing we get, the one little shred of like, you know, the one statement that most of us hear is, you know, you're perfect just the way you are okay, but what does that mean? And how do I keep myself confident in that one statement? And the only people who say that to you are the people who love you. And at that point, you're like, okay, but you love me. I want all those other people to love me. I want all my friends to love me. I want all those people at school to think that I'm worthy of hanging out with. And they don't care that I'm perfect just the way that I am. They want me to wear this or say that or do this so that they'll be friends with me you know, and no one's teaching us the mindset tools to be able to overcome these obstacles. And so my point about sharing those is, you know, I was craving the need to feel like I fit in and and to be heard and to be valued, but it never came. In high school, that never came. I never got that. And so what it developed from my childhood and teen years was this anxiety about being shamed in front of others. And that people wouldn't want to be around me. And so I was nervous and anxious in social settings. Like, what if no one talks to me? What if I look silly? What if I say the wrong thing or wear the wrong thing? If you know my story, as history goes, I went on a reality TV show and the whole bloody thing just comes unravel inside me. You know, I all of a sudden am thrust into everybody making a judgment call about me. And all I wanted desperately was for everybody to like me. And and everybody, you know, I wanted the general public to like me. I wanted the other contestants to like me. I wanted the crew and the cast to like me. And there were moments where that didn't happen. There were moments where, you know, even other contestants on national TV, Caro, if you listen to this podcast said, no, Shay's just not my cup of tea. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, I didn't know she said that because obviously the the recording goes out after we've finished filming and Caro and I by that point had um, become quite close and good friends. And, you know, but the whole time, you know, all I'm doing when I'm talking to people is trying not to rock the boat, trying not to You know, get people offside, trying not to say anything nasty. You know, and I mean, not that I am a nasty person, but of course, I know that they're going to edit things for national TV. And (laughs) if you've watched a season, you know that that's what happened in certain parts, Um, or they just omitted complete, completely omitted parts where, you know, I say helped somebody else because I was playing a particular role of the go-getter, the one that wants to win at all costs and doesn't care about everybody else, and so. I was really rocked. My confidence was really rocked. And I can remember actually um, filming one of the walk arounds. So this is where the hosts Scotty and Shelly, they, they walk around and they ask you, what have you got planned for this week? And you, you're supposed to have something there to sort of show them what you've got, like a plan um, or a piece of artwork or something like that um it looks very like oh we're just here working and they just walked in <laughs> but of course you know we're standing there with the product or whatever it is ready to show them and then you know all the cameras are set up ready for us so we know it's happening and then Scotty and Shelley walk in and I remember um We're obviously filming, but everything that that we film doesn't obviously always go to air. So we're in the middle of like, oh, so what have you got planned for this week? And I was really stressed, like really stressed about the week. I was stressed about the decisions I was making. We hadn't finalized our layout and things like that. And I was feeling really overwhelmed. Um, And deep inside me, I'm like, I just want everyone to really like me. You know, that was one of the like things that was just bubbling there at the surface the whole time. And Shelley, who is a beautiful woman, and let me tell the whole story before you make a judgment, she turns to me and she says, you could at least look like you're happy that we're here. And I just burst into tears, absolutely burst into tears in front of everybody and walked out of the room and went into one of the bedrooms and just cried my eyes out. And Dean came in and he's trying to console me. And obviously the cameras come in as well and all those sorts of things. And Dean's like, what are you upset about? Like, everyone was just like, what just happened? Why is she crying? Like, you know, she just looks unhappy and Shelly's just commenting on that. And I turned to Dean and I said, I just want everyone to like me and Shelly had heard me say that And she came into the room and she said, look, I think this is my fault. Can I just, let me just have a chat with her. And she came in and she said, look, you know, you just don't look very happy. And I was just commenting on that. And, you know, I want you to enjoy this experience and everyone wants you to enjoy it and those sorts of things. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. but but I'm just so worried about what people think of me that when you said that, it, you know, obviously made me, I felt <laughs> she didn't make me feel anything. I felt obviously that she didn't like me. That was basically what happened. I was like, okay, Shelly craft doesn't like me. So now I'm doomed. <laughs> anyway, it's just, an, it's just another one of those moments where um, my confidence was rocked again and where, you know, my, my need to want to feel valued and fit in was just questioned and so the next couple of years, probably 18 months to two years after you know we, we were on that show, I had to do a lot of work, a lot of mindset work, read a lot of books, listen to a lot of podcasts, do a lot of journaling, just totally open myself up to um how I could build my confidence. And I talked about this in season one, in the first episode. And basically I realized that I'd been playing this victim the whole time. Like it was everybody else's fault that I didn't feel valued. It was everybody else's fault. Like they didn't like me. And I just give way too many Fs about what people care, what people cared or thought about me. Like, honestly, I needed to care about me. I needed to know who I was, but how do we as a 30 something year old woman or however old you are listening to this, how do we work out who we are, you know, and that's part of this journey of these podcasts, Um, you know, this season is interviewing women who were in the same boat. They didn't know who they were. They got lost. They got confused and the journey of finding themselves and girls, I wonder if you're listening to this and you are starting to relate to some of the things that I'm talking about you know, maybe not the same stories, maybe not the same experiences, but you've definitely felt the same feelings, that feeling of not being enough, not smart enough, not funny enough, not pretty enough, not interesting enough, not confident enough, not cool enough, not not go-getter enough, whatever it is, not enough, not stylish enough. Have you felt those feelings of just not being enough and then questioning who even are you? I had so many questions about who I was. Like I just. I just didn't even know who I was. And if you have these feelings of not enough, do you question the things that you say, do, wear, or even think and wonder if you'll ever feel good about who you are? Because I had those questions. I was like, will I ever just feel good about who I am? Will I ever just feel confident in the things that I wear? Will I ever just feel confident to say what I think and not care what other people think and not feel the need to justify it? Do you find yourself not trying things in case you fail and in case you look stupid? Because I did this, I did this for so long. I was like, I can't do that because what if it doesn't work out? And then everyone will think, oh, see, she's not cool enough. And this, oh my gosh, this happened so many times, you know, after we were on the show, I just, I was like, oh, I can't, you know, go and speak at that event or I can't, you know, do that on my social media because everyone, if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't get enough likes, if people don't turn up to the workshop, then people will go, yep, see, she wasn't one of the cool ones. Like people didn't really like her. She wasn't one of the popular ones. And I just didn't want to be called out like that. I was embarrassed that I wouldn't be enough. Do you ever do things like you don't wear the outfit because you don't want people to think that you're too dressed up or that your body isn't good enough or that you haven't bounced back or you can't wear those swimmers? I still do these things. I totally still do these things. It's just not as loud anymore. And that positive voice in my head AKA my inner hype girl, she's got more confidence to stand up and say what she thinks. And she's louder now. And it's taken a journey to get here. But I want to share with you how we go from feeling broken in our head, because I said that many a times, I think my head's just broken. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's just something wrong with me. I think I'm just broken. How do we go from those feelings of not enough, of hating on ourselves and you know, just not feeling like we're valued. How do we go from that to feeling confident? How did I go from that to now advocating for women's confidence on a public platform? Well, I asked myself that exact question in 2020. I was like, okay, how can I narrow this down for women? Because I want women to go on this journey. So what was it that took me from going from, you know, not feeling like I can try anything because I'm too scared that I'll fail (laughs) to hosting workshops and, you know, speaking at events and doing those sorts of things. What took me to that point to have fear and do it anyway? So I'm going to use this podcast series as a tool for your inner hype girl to help her feel more confident and to help make her louder. So if you've never heard me talk about this concept before, I often use an analogy to describe it, to help people to understand it. And so if we think about it from a psychological perspective around that whole idea of neurons that fire together, wire together, have you ever heard that saying? So the neural pathways in the brain that have the most frequent use are the strongest. So there's that old saying, practice makes perfect, right? right? But did anyone teach us how to practice our confidence? Did anyone give us mindset tools to practice so that those neurons would be really strong, that we could wire them together so that they would fire strong for us when we're in our adulthood? Well, I don't know about you, but nobody gave me those tools. And so the neural pathways that were made stronger, um, you know, and this comes from obviously our experiences in life, um, conditioning from magazines, from TV, ads, shows, all those sorts of things. The neural pathways that became strong were the ones that the nasty bitch telling us that we aren't good enough and that we shouldn't try in case we fail. So think of it like this. Most of us, when we start a journey of self-love and growth, we have a nasty bitch in our head that's super strong, okay? Been there, totally get it. So if I use the analogy of a neural highway, okay? So think about, you know, we talked about those neural pathways. Think of it like a highway. And the nasty bitch, she's driving a souped up Ferrari, Okay. She's driving the fastest car she could possibly get her hands on and she's driving on the smoothest straightest road you could find. And she's super fast, okay? She's so fast that you're second guessing yourself before you've even had time to slide those jeans over your thighs. And our poor inner hype girl, <laughs> she does not drive a Ferrari. She is either walking barefoot on a gravel road or she's driving an old beat up car that in no way can compete with the speed of the Ferrari, the nasty bitch is driving. She tries to encourage us, but we haven't made that neural pathway strong by using it yet. So I know what you're thinking. <laughs> How do we make it strong, Shay? What do we do? What is the you know, formula that we use? Look, it's going to be different for everybody. I know you don't want to hear that but that doesn't mean I'm not going to give you tools. If you follow me on social media, I'll be sharing lots of tools around this throughout the year. I'm hoping to release some short little courses, some online workshops and things like that as well. And I'm going to be using this podcast to interview women uh, on their confidence. Like how did they get to that point that they're at right now in terms of us looking at them and thinking that they are a success because I found that one of the big things for me in terms of building my confidence was surrounding myself with content and women who want to see us rise into our most confident selves. And often we're not, we're hanging out with girls that are just as self-conscious as we are. And to start with, these women may only be in the online space for you until you build confidence to put yourself in new situations where you find your real life hype girls. And that's okay. You know, you might be following people on social media that don't lift you up. You know, you'll unfollow them and start following people that want to see other girls rise, right? We want to be following women who are cheering on other women. So the stories and information that I'll share throughout this season through the interviews with these beautiful women are built around four key areas of building your inner hype girl confidence. And I call them the fab four. And they go like this. You need to remember this, head, heart, in, out. Do you think you can remember them? (laughs) I'll say it again. Head, heart, in, out. So head, this relates to an optimistic and positive mindset and it's centered in gratitude. So things like gratitude, journaling, mindfulness practice and just all around having conversations with your hype girl in your head so yes i am going to get you to listen to those voices in your head (laughs) and then we've got heart so this is understanding our own personal values because a lot of us we're living with values that aren't actually ours we've just adopted them from our parents or from people around us or we don't really know what we truly value, or we're at least not living in alignment with what we value. It's also centered around the dreams that we have for our life and how to live intentionally aligned with those desires and values. Then we have in, so this is all about fueling our bodies to thrive. So what we're putting inside our bodies, hydrating like a boss and quitting the tox. So if you obviously, if you follow me on social media, you know that this is like something that I'm really, really passionate about is removing toxins from our life, reducing that toxic load and that burden so that we can thrive in life. So then we have out, which is all about loving our body. And I think that this is where women think, okay, if I'm going to be confident, I just have to learn to love my body and then I'll be confident, right? And I reckon it's a huge part of feeling confident, but it is not the only part, okay? We have to think about all aspects. So all of the fab four, not just loving our body, but out is loving your body, moving your body through exercise, having self-care practices, and understanding the power of your monthly cycle, as well as quitting the tox in regards to personal care and what you put on your skin. So you might be wondering how all of this links to your inner hype girl, I put it like this to a dear friend of mine recently. You can do all the gratitude journaling in the world and all the mindfulness practices in the world. But if you're still putting crap in and on your body, then your inner hype girl will never be as strong as you would like it to be. I know, harsh, right? <laughs> she laughed and she was grateful for that insight because it's true. you know. And I would want someone to say that to me too. If I eat all of the right foods, but don't drink enough water, then I can't ever expect my brain to function as well as it could if I hydrated it. Our bodies are not machines. We don't just fix one thing and then everything's going to be great. We have to fix the whole thing so that it can all work in unison together. So in future episodes, you're going to hear stories from women who have come before us on this journey, who have struggled and found their groove. You will hear from experts like naturopaths and nutritionists about how to love your body from the inside out. And you'll get hacks on how to do all this simply in the pace of life in 2021. I am not naive to the fact that we all live very full lives. And so I'm hoping that this is going to be short, easy habits that you can start to instill into your life throughout the year. I hope you are excited because I know I am. And if you're wondering, how could I be so bold and think that what I have to share is going to change your life? I would answer, my inner hype girl made me do it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I so value your time and I'm so glad you've been here to hear it. If you think this episode has been valuable, I would love it if you would share it with other girls and women in your life because we want to raise the inner hype girl of all the girls in our life and cheer each other on. If you want to hang out with me a little bit more, you can find me over on Instagram at 5shaypain and on Facebook under the same handle. You can also go and check out my website, shaypain.com and I can't wait to chat with you on my socials. Until next time, keep listening to that inner hype girl.